Welcome to the Smiles Matter podcast by Microdental Laboratories. I'm Laura Kelly, and it's my pleasure to host our new series, Comeback Strategies for Today's Dental Practice. You got to be an artist, okay? You got to be a dentist. You, you got to be all those things in one in order to produce what you want, okay? But you can't rush through it. It does take time. But believe me, it doesn't take the time that everybody's talking about if they have simplified techniques. Chicago, home of the ADA, the world's largest and oldest dental association. Chicago is also the city where the midwinter meeting hosted by the Chicago Dental Society takes place. Chicago is an international hub for finance, culture, commerce, education, technology, and transportation. This land is also the place where some of the brightest minds in dentistry have developed remarkable careers. With several Fortune 500 companies headquartered, it's not surprising that Chicago and its suburbs are one of the most progressive and thriving regions in the U.S. But is this city and its surroundings exempt from the effects of an economic downturn or challenges like the ones that we are facing today? I am pleased to introduce Dr. Buddy Mopper, an internationally renowned lecturer who developed a highly rewarding career in the suburbs of Chicago. Raised in Iowa, Dr. Mopper graduated from the University of Iowa Dental School. After serving in the U.S. Navy Dental Corps, he established a private practice in Illinois serving the community for over 55 years. He co-authored A Complete Guide to Dental Bonding, which was the first definitive book for the dental professional describing bonding techniques. He is a founding member and an accredited fellow of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry and a diplomat of the American Board of Pediatric Dentistry. Dr. Mopper is the recipient of two of the most prestigious awards given by the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. One for lifelong commitment to providing excellence and continuing education in cosmetic dentistry, and a second, an award for outstanding contribution to cosmetic dentistry. Dr. Mopper is the Director of Education for the Center for Aesthetic Excellence in Chicago, Illinois, and is co-founder and chairman of Cosmodent. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Buddy Mopper. So, Dr. Buddy Mopper, thank you so much for joining us today. It's it's a pleasure to have you. My pleasure. You know, I think what's interesting for a lot of our listeners today is, you know, we're going to get into just so much useful information that you're going to share with us. But... You know, I'm interested too, you know, how did, how did you become interested in dentistry? Well, I'll tell you, that's a story in itself. My folks, when I was born, they said I was going to be a physician. That was it. I had doctor's kits every Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever you want to call it, and things of that nature. And so I went to school with the emphasis I was going to be a physician. But in my uh, sophomore year, I took different courses at Drake University. I went to the University of Iowa, but went to summer school at Drake University. And uh, the course in organic chemistry was a little much for me there. So I had to drop out and I took Russian intellectual history and, and a geography course. My folks were very happy, but I did that. And at, in the meantime, they said, I better get a job. So I got a job at Methodist Hospital in Des Moines, Iowa, and I was in the recovery room. And I was in the recovery room and I did not like it at all. And so I went back home and I said, Dad, I think I'm going to change what I'm going to do. He says, what are you going to do? He says, uh, I think I'm going into advertising. He said, you better back, go back to school and find something else to do. So I went back to school and a friend of mine who was in dental school in his sophomore year said, why don't you come over and take a look at dental school? He said, it's pretty interesting. So I did. I spent some time with him. 
and it looked good to me. And I thought, you know, this might be a place for me. Dentist relationship was great, and the things that they did was great. And so I applied to dental school, and in those days, they accepted in different groups. And I was in the first 15 that were accepted at the University of Iowa at that time. They took 55 students, and that's how I ended up in dentistry. I had <laughs> no preparation beforehand, but I grew to, and the more I was involved, the more I grew to love it and realize what a great profession it is. Wow. And that's the story. I love it. I love it. So you had a private practice for... For many years, and then and then Cosmodent came along. Tell me about Cosmodent. Well, I'll tell you about practice first. I practiced for fifty-five years as a practitioner, as a as a teacher, and I loved every minute of it. Cosmodent came along because I was working with other companies, especially uh, at that time, Colzer. I worked for them in trying to get people to understand what bonding was all about. They didn't even know what bonding was all about at that time, and I went to them and I said, I. I think it's just more than just doing a filling. You can do all kinds of things. And so I got involved and made, made a video for them and it worked out very successfully. And then I lectured to them. And then I decided, you know, along with a fellow named Norm Feigenbaum, that, uh, you know, we could really help them make this really a big thing. So we went to different companies, including Culzer, to try to get involved, but they didn't want to hear from us. So then we started our own company. That's how Cosmonet started. Cosmonet started not as a product company, started as an informational company, as a teaching company. And we went all over the country presenting these presentations. And then we found products and, and made them better. And then we developed our own products. It's a long history. And that's how Cosmonet, we got started. Actually, started, it started in my basement of my home. There's so many great stories that started at kitchen tables and basements and 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 uh, that's that's a great story. I like too. I didn't know. And thank you for sharing that it started out as really a, a educational sharing of information, making products better before you started your own product, you know, line out of Cosmonet too. We had the first we had the first periodical. Actually it was a newsletter called The Forum of Aesthetic Dentistry that, that we published also. One of the advantages that we have having you on with us today is that you've seen a lot, you know, buddy, you have been able to work and be a part of dentistry and collaborate with so many fellow clinicians through other crises as we're facing today. This one's different. Everybody would acknowledge that, but there's still, you know, there's still some similarities. There's an economic factor here. There's an emotional component. There's fear. A lot of things that can can paralyze people in their practice, or maybe they're just not sure how things are going to look coming out of this. And I think I'd really like to hear from you what, you know, if, if you were practicing now and, and some of the strategies that you've seen maybe work before, what would you pass along as far as, you know, some helpful strategies to help people approach this coming as this lifts? Well, as you know, Laura, I'm a, I'm a composite person. You know, I really believe in, in the use of composite in dentistry. And there's so many ways that you can use it. It's unbelievable. I know the ways and I teach the ways. And coming out of a situation like this, there's not going to be a lot of the elective procedures being done right away. There are going to be necessary procedures like restorations of all kinds, but restorations, cervical restorations, incisal restorations posterior restorations. And for me, as far as the restorative choice today, it's composite, but they have to know how to do it. Let me tell you something about composite. It's been here for 50 years, all right? Basically, 
and they don't get the education down schools that they need in order to do it properly to make these restorations disappear in the two structure so you can't find them. I, here's the thing I hear, and I, I, I read it in sort of these, these evidence-based periodicals. Composite only lasts for five to seven years. I don't know whose evidence base they're using. They're certainly not, you didn't use my practice because I can tell you that basically composite can be a lifetime proposition. I don't care whether it's posterior, anterior, where it is. When it's done properly, the right techniques with the right materials, okay, you can, it's, the stuff is magnificent. That's what people need to know. And there are people out there that teach it and they need to, be, they need to avail themselves of the teachers that are doing it. This is where I come from. Mm-hmm. We're in uh, this period in time where we're trying to learn how to do things a little bit differently, right? We're doing webinars versus some hands-on courses right now. How do you see if someone really was interested in enhancing and what would you advise doing direct composites or learning a little bit more about you know, how, to, how to do these restorations? What would be something you could pass along that people could be working on right now? We're working on this right now. We're working on kits that we can send out, okay, that with the materials that they use, and, and you could do a virtual course with them having the materials and things of that nature in hand, okay, and then somebody describing how to use it on the computer. Mm-hmm. So that if you've got a kit with materials involved and the things that you need in order to do it, they could replicate it in their own facility. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. And I know that we'll, at the end of the uh, the podcast here, we'll make sure that we give people the website, you know, so that they can follow up and be able to, you know, stay abreast of these courses I know that you'll be putting on digitally. I'm curious too, just having been yourself a part of teaching so many dentists and you're seeing what they struggle with when it comes to composites or where the confusion lies, what would you say is the area that you see the most occurring and, and what could you pass along to, to help other people? There's multiple areas. Number one is, are they doing the proper preparation? Are they doing enough preparation? Okay, number one, okay. Number two, application. If anybody were to ask me what's the most important part of the whole technique, it is application and sculpting. That means creating the morphology that you need to create in order to get the proper result. People tend to put it on and not pay attention to that, and then they have trouble Finishing and polishing. Finishing and polishing is a very important technique, but you have to have the proper shape form and shape and form in order to make finishing easy. Finishing and polishing is wonderful. It's a craft. It's all art, okay? You've got to be a sculptor. You've got to know how to use opaques and tints. You've got to be an artist, okay? You've got to be a dentist. You've got to be all those things in one in order to produce what you want, okay? You can't rush through it. It does take time. But believe me, it doesn't take the time that everybody's talking about. They have simplified techniques. What we do and what I've done, and if people follow me, you can ask my followers, we take the mystique out of bombing. It's not that difficult. What you need, in essence, is a system. We have systematized polishing, placement, application, the, why the color scheme works, why it's so successful. That's what you've got to look for. That's what Cosmodent's all about. Mm-hmm. And the simpler you make it, the easier it is for people to replicate it. I don't want to show people how good I am. That's not what I'm in the business of teaching for. I want to show people how good they can be. That's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. And I, they can replicate what I do easily. And that's the whole key. 
It's a learning process. And the more you get into it, the more you learn and how these materials work from all the way through uh, preparation to application to shaping, forming, to finishing and polishing. It all is, is a system. In our situation, the system of color is all systematized to the Vita Shade Guide. We match the Vita Shade Guide perfectly. Mm-hmm. And that's what people should be doing. That's what they should be looking for. Yeah. You know, I'm listening to you and, and having a laboratory background for many years now and, and a ceramist. There's, you, yeah. you know, direct composite, that technique and learning it. You know, you don't, you're not just born an artist, right? You can you can learn these things. Okay. And there's, I, I would think that by being really good at, at direct composite, it sounds really similar to what we do in the laboratory. And I would think that there's such a teamwork, right, between the technician and a dentist. And by both of us understanding color and preparation and morphology and, as you've said, the polishing techniques, I would think that that type of collaboration with uh, with clinicians that are really good at direct composite would be really exciting too to see where we can go together when we approach cases you know together there's there's solutions on both sides right there's no doubt about that bonnie can enhance the communication between laboratory and and the dentist i mean you can do things like mock-up you can relate you can do transfers that because since your work the he's got the face and the teeth in his hand he can communicate to the laboratory much better if he understands the use with mock-ups and things like that, what the dentist is looking for. And it would really enhance the ability of the lab to even get better results for that dentist if he understood what he was looking at. Mm-hmm. I, I think a great possibility that working in this fashion would really help both both people. Now you get you get on the same page technically. You know, I'm I'm curious with previous recessions and since Cosmonet's been around, what what have you seen? Is there anything you can share with us? Did you see anything with direct composite sales going up? Did you see anything with certain needs coming during these times where the dentist wanted to do things maybe more in house for a while because that's what was presenting itself or costs or trying to put a patient in an interim solution before they uh, were able to proceed, you know, with something more more definitive. Did you, any history on that? You can kind of like, you know, any any insights on what you saw before? I really don't have a history on that, okay? Can I give you a brief history on composite? I would love it. Composite during the 80s was really an important media, okay? Uh, uh, and then along came porcelain laminates, okay? And I'm not knocking porcelain laminates. I'm just knocking what happened in the dental profession. So when porcelain came along, all right, people, even the people who were the gurus in dentistry, besides myself, okay, and I won't mention their names, but you know who they are, they all started talking about porcelain laminates. There was only one person out there at the time who was talking about composite. Who was that? That was me. You can go back in history and take a look. And everybody went to porcelain. That was okay with me. I didn't mind. If you did, I don't even care if a person doesn't want to do a, a composite resin veneer, and they don't have to. The thing about it is, it killed composite as a restorative aesthetically because they forgot about routine restorations, class threes, class fours, class fives, incisal reinforcement, things of that nature that I know is so important. Okay, diastole closure. That rearrangements, they're simple rearrangements with tooth structure, orthodontic rearrangements. It killed all that, and they they did it all with porcelain, which was overkill as far as I was concerned. 
Then after that, in the 90s, it started to come back, and the young people started to get into it, and the Newton Falls, and the Corky Wilhites, and the Jason Smiths, and the Bob Martins, and they all got involved, okay? But there was only one guy carrying the banner for a long time. That was me, and I'm not kidding you. And so bonding took a back seat to, to the use of porcelain. Now, here's an opportunity to see its true value, okay? This is the opportunity. This is the time. This is the time when people should realize, hey, this is dentistry's restorative material of choice. We're not competing with porcelain. We're, this is just the reason. I don't care if you don't want to do a porcelain or you want to, but I don't like seeing diastema closures done with full coverage. Do you understand where I'm coming from, Laura? Yeah, it's a conservative approach. Yeah. Yes, because minimally invasive dentistry. The best thing you can do for the preservation of the soft tissues in the mouth and, the, and as far as the restoration of the heart tissue is do it minimally invasively. That's the best way you can do it. Mm-hmm. And we've gone from, from more to more invasive techniques. I don't buy it. Right. All right. Now, I developed Cosmetic System from Paul Muria's book, Dawson, his four-color book on four-color. That's how I developed the. I read it, and that's how I developed it. Cosmetic system, by the way. I just wanted to tell you that. Right. And as a <laughs> I figured if they could do it in porcelain, we could do it in composite. You know, thinking about our, I mean, this is this is great information. I love love hearing. I'm learning a lot listening to you. You know, and and compo- composites have gotten better over time too. You know, a lot of the dentists that I'm speaking to that have practices, you know, they're wondering, you know, when some of the elective will come back or just what type of work is going to come into the practice, right? And you and I were speaking the other day that there's a real place for during this type of economy, right? And one of the strategies possibly to rebuilding the practice and keeping patients engaged is um, actually providing solutions to them that might not be the solution that you would have done you know, several months ago, maybe an interim solution, right? That will will set them up for proper restorative, you know, long-term treatment down the road. What can you speak to on, on, on what you see that people have utilized that to maybe as a strategy to help put somebody in a better place than where they are, you know, and then staging, I guess, the treatment? Well, you can integrate composite bonding with porcelain by doing uh, augmentation. You could augment with composite. You could build up with composite and then go back and do it in porcelain, okay? That's what a lot of people do. I don't do it, okay? Mm-hmm. I, the only way I uh, is I, for instance, if I were, to, I don't know what you're looking for here. If, if a person is, needs a full coverage, okay, you could do composite full coverage and augment those teeth and then later on come back and reprep them and do it for full coverage. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't know. Well, that's going to get, that's one thing that you could do. All right. You asked me, you know, what's the best articulator out there? And I said the human mouth. (laughs) But if you look at my presentation, I can do full coverage. I can do anything with it, with the mouth, or I can do it within reason. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I I have done cases and and I have several cases that I've done on young people where there's tremendous attrition and wear. And they look like they're 60 years old and they're 25 years old. Well, I'm not going to do full coverage on a patient like that because mm-hmm. it can miss 60 years of, of porcelain. Let me explain something to you. I will tell you that I will get from what I do and when I take stuff beneath the free margin with composite, I'll get better general integrity than you'll ever get with porcelain. Mm-hmm. That's what you ever get with any restorative. 
because I know how to do it. I know how to finish. I know how to, I know how to marginate. First of all, materials, there are a lot of materials out there. Like you said, materials have gotten better. Well, have they? Not as far as the enamel is concerned. There's only one material that replicates enamel. It's 30 years old. That's Microsoft, truly. And that's what these, your people need to understand. The one, the one thing that replicates enamel better than anything else is microfill. It's been here for 30 years, all right? Our microfill is like 27 years old. And it's never been changed. The colors, the, everything about it is unbelievable. And it's, a, it's an enamel product. That's what it is. The other products, the, these are the nanos. Or the, what, were, what are nanos and, what, and who came first? Microfill, nanofill, or microhybrid? Do you know? The microfill, right? That's right. Yeah. And, and it's still the king, okay? It still is the king. It's the most polishable, but it retains polish longer, but easier to marginate. It's beautiful. Yes, it can frack. It doesn't have quite the fracture toughness, but we back it up with either things like nano or micro hybrid. See, this is the whole thing. Everybody thinks you can do it with one material. Well, you can't. Mm -hmm. You just can't. Right. And it's. It, that's where we come from. And I, I know I'm right, and that's the way it is. And it's the truth. People need to know why they need opaquers. They need to know why they need tints. They need to know why microfill lets things shine through and the others don't. They need to know the difference between opacities. They need to know all this stuff. They don't know the science. Nobody teaches I teach the science, the clinical science, okay? Nobody else teaches it. They teach, this is the way you do it, and follow me and do it. They don't teach one. That's wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm just telling you. So, you know, it's important for people to understand how these materials work. And as in relationship to what you do, it shouldn't be one or the other. It's what the dentist decides that's necessary for that patient. That's what's important. Right. And everybody does things a little bit differently. There's a lot of better technicians than I, than me out there. But I don't think anybody teaches it any better than I do. Mm -hmm, That's for sure. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. It's something I think it's important to have people remember to keep top of mind and, and consider it and that it, it's something that's really valuable and it can really help rebuild your practice. I'm going to switch gears on you a little bit. I want to ask you a couple more questions before we wrap up, but I, I want to know... Specific to previous recessions that you've come across and what you're doing now, what type of strategies are you, I know you're doing, you're converting into more web-based teaching platforms. Is there anything you're doing with different in the way that you're developing products or what you're anticipating the needs will be? Like, How are you managing your business through this? Well, we've developed several new products this year and uh, we're always going to continue to develop products. That's not a problem. All you have to do is think about needs and things of that nature from the product development side, okay? And it's a, and either they come out of my minds or out of the minds of consultants. So that we're always continuing to do that. From the standpoint of how our business is doing, we're doing no business essentially because every dentist is closed down. Why are they going to order our materials when they're closed? So we're not doing any business, but we are doing education. We're completing a part four series of my presentation and we did it through Zoom and, and we had Great responses. We were oversubscribed. We had over 2,500 subscribers to it. And uh, I don't know what it's going to be this last time, but it's been people. We've had wonderful results. Many good questions. We're doing this last session. It's going to be on question and answers. 
We continue to develop our educational programs. We work very hardly in that because we know that once they, 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 these, those, those people that are looking at what we do, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to work and come into our business. For the dentist, I would say that this is a good time to get online education. Listen, Cosmodent's been a leader in web education. We've been, this is not new for us. We've been doing it for a long time. We're very proud of what we do. And you, you can go online and see our virtual courses that we have. By, and it's not by just, it, I have one course, but we have the, the great opinion leaders in, in the country that have done virtual courses for us, which are terrific. And we continue to think of different ways to use the web in order to educate our people, which we think will should enhance our business. We don't know if it will or not, but it's our attempt at least to educate dentistry in our area of expertise, which is composite. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that Cosmet is a really strong company and you guys have been through these types of recessions before. And I know that your mindset, you know, from talking with you and, and Robert Mopper and all of the people at Cosmet, that your support, you know, for the dental community and coming out with a way to deliver the products, the education, you know, putting the right products in the hands of dentists who will need, you know, something now to to help, you know, get interested in different ways that they might approach cases that they might not have thought of before. But uh, you guys have top notch products. I've seen them myself chairside and just feel really good about being able to connect with you today and have you share your experience and an outlook on how how people can take this crisis that we're all dealing with, but look for the opportunities to get better you know, through education and get better through what each one of our, you know, each one of the dentists can provide to their patients. I think everybody really realized the, you know, realizes the benefit. Really appreciate your time today, buddy. And I, I can't wait to see you in person face to face when this, you know, lifts and uh, just appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. Listen, we're looking forward to the day when this business as usual and things get back to normal. It's just been a tough situation. And, you know, we've had tough situations before. This is a great country, and I'm sure we'll get back to normal. But I hope sooner than later, I hope. Thank you for having me on. And if I can yeah. be a help, mm-hmm. let me know. Okay? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much. You too. You too. You've been listening to the Smiles Matter podcast, created by Microdental and Modern Dental Laboratories. For more information, you can go to our website, www.microdental.com slash smilesmatterpodcast, or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are available. Thank you for listening, because we believe that smiles matter.